Yeah, Julian, put the music in there. Um, welcome to Left Look. Uh, this is the premier independent podcast from the Gato Institute, where we will be taking a look at the arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Bienvenue à Left Look, le podcast independent de premier classe institut de Gato, où nous examinerons l'art, la culture, et le divertissement pour vous fournir une perspective de gauche impartiale. Just isn't the same without that new new pecheron. Yeah, and uh, I didn't, I didn't give the uh, the Canadian perspective. I'm oh, sorry, a, oh. a left wing. Yeah, so it didn't it didn't end with that beautiful a de gauche. And, a de gauche. But whatever, I did my best. I'm I'm not. What, I I think it was pretty good. Your French wasn't wasn't too bad either. I'm not Julian. You know what am I yeah. gonna do? Um, I I just realized too since we don't have the intro, we're gonna need to talk for like an extra what twenty seconds here. No, Julian's going to put it in, and I have no doubt he'll also... Today uh, is Sunday, September you know, ...code over us to insert his own voice, as he did last time, too. Yeah, yeah, I heard he did that. That's kind of weird, but, you know, pop off. Speaking of which, uh, uh, I'm Jacob. Welcome, Brother DJ. Uh, thank you. Hello. It's great to be here. And uh, Brother Julian... On this... Ju- on this uh, uh, August the 30th. Oh, I had it. You had no trust. Um, oh, okay. Br- I just uh, wanted to help. I'm trying to contribute. <laughs> Brother Julian is here in spirit only today, uh, busy with personal events. And uh, yeah, so I thought we would just dive right in. Um, yeah, we're diving. Um, Julian is here in spirit. If the, if the listeners do hear him, that is his apparition uh, communicating vocally through this medium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey everybody, it's Julian in the edit booth here, and I would just like to say that uh, all of my little insertions prior to this were done, you know, just as I listen. I don't listen to the whole thing through before thinking of my comments. So, DJ has somehow a month in advance predicted exactly how I would respond to this episode, and I'm just a little weirded out by being outed as a ghost. So, go ahead and tick that off, uh, ghost box on your clues list Mm -hmm, mm. anyone who doesn't get that joke good but (laughs) uh yeah we're diving we're diving in what's uh what's on the agenda today jacob i thought we would apologize as we usually do at the start of the episode and so uh julian's not here but he gets both the apologies for this week and uh the first apology is that uh in the last two episodes i questioned julian about the movie oppenheimer Mm mm-hmm you know, both times, and we do like a similar bit about it, and I just forgot about it in the intervening week, and then the <laughs> question of again. But uh, I'm blaming Julian at the end of this apology because you could tell that he could he remembered, and he just didn't say anything and just let us do the same bit again on the show. But I apologize all the same. <sighs> and then, um, yeah, an- another apology for Julian is that I was missing the last six minutes of uh, the last episode. It is sus. Nothing nefarious, though, just incompetence. I was going to be talking about uh, Fitch, down uh, the credit rating agency, downgrading the U.S. Right. from AAA to AA+. It's not important. The whole point of the bit was that it's not important. And what you need to know is that Moody's is the only credit agency, credit rating agency that matters in the world. Right, right. It was, uh, it was funny. He, he, he asked me when he was putting that together he was he was asking you know did your 
did your recording cut out or was it just Jacobs? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he sent me he sent me a little snippet of the uh, of his version of it all compiled. And yeah, your recording just stops just dead in the middle of what you're talking about. It's so weird, right? I must have hit a space bar, you know, too excitedly or something like that. Yeah, it could have been anything. Like, there's so many there's so, so many shortcuts on this program that just stop the recording mm-hmm. or start a new one. So yeah, I've 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 personally just I keep my hands away from the keyboard. I keep Audacity minimized now. You know how uh, many how many episodes am I going to be the cause of failure before I you know, <laughs> get it? Um, uh, well, ideally, we'll be in a studio making bank, but uh, wouldn't that? This nice? will be somebody else else's problem. Someone reached out to me last week that I, I've known for a long time uh, and said that they're a big fan of the show, and uh, that felt really good. You know. Yeah, only only yeah. a couple hundred listeners, and we got some Ontario listeners. Hey, um, yep, yeah, clawing, we're clawing our way up there. Uh, and to finish the apology segment for this week, I would like to continue to tarnish my reputation by talking about Hawaii. Because uh-huh. I don't know why I hate myself. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Lahaina fires have really captured my, uh, I don't know, my ire and my... Uh, my fascination right because are those the same ones as uh previously on maui yes yes uh lahaina is the name of the town Uh, Ah. doesn't matter Uh, was the name of the town yeah incinerated um yeah i i am still in the same point you know people shouldn't be traveling to hawaii the governor shouldn't be uh, encouraging people to travel to hawaii and then Mm -hmm. uh but you know the point is that People are using this to use as a talk. A lot of leftists, especially, are using this as a talking point for native sovereignty, and that's just mm-hmm. so beyond reasonable, beyond you know the possible. That mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I brought some stats that I, and some you know fun facts that I thought would be you know fun to talk about Hawaii. Yeah. And so the popu- I said last week that the population, or a couple weeks ago, I guess now that the population of Hawaii is about a million people. It's actually right. 1.4 million. And there are 310,000 natives on the island. Mm-hmm. So that means that there are about a quarter natives on the island, right? right? Yeah. There are 370,000 Hawaii natives on the continental US. Meaning they have mm. left Hawaii and now live in the continental U.S. Meaning right. there are more Hawaii natives living in the United States than there are on Hawaii. Right? Crazy. Exactly. You don't have sovereignty. You have totally absorbed yourself into the uh, into the United States, right? And yeah. I is that is that sorry? Is that just living abroad, or is that purely in the United States? Purely in the United States. There's more living abroad, too, right? Australia, Polynesia. Yeah. 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 But, you know, to give a... I don't want to straw man these uh, people who are going on about native sovereignty for uh, Mm. Hawaii here, that, you know, they are right, technically, that Hawaii was never um, annexed, or there's no treaty, there's no surrender. It's just that one day uh, the Americans decided that the queen who was running it wasn't tough enough to keep them out, and that was it, right? And mm-hmm. that's the end of it. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's sad. It's not right. It's it's definitely not legal that that's the way it is, right? But that mm. it is the way it is. And I, I wanted to talk about, to try and make this point, that things are not always the way that you know, we talk about them at least, right? And it's uh, an example I use from Greek history all the time, and it's who won the Peloponnesian War, right? Mm-hmm. 
the Spartans won the Peloponnesian War, in uh, according to the history books, right? Mm-hmm. They burned Athens to the ground, basically. And um, But did you know that in Greece today that no one speaks Spartan Greek, Doric mm-hmm. Greek, and everyone speaks Attica Greek, yeah. Athens Greek? And so my question to you is, like, did they really lose, right? Like, they are... They are the the legacy today, right? They still survive, right? Mm-hmm. So they won a minor, unimportant skirmish with a a regional rival, right? They survived, mm-hmm. and Sparta was wiped, right? And Hawaii is the same thing, basically, right? Like America is going to conquer the Earth, right? And that mm-hmm. you didn't get a treaty on the way to it means you're not living in the same reality that they are. They are liars and they're hypocrites. Of course they oh, are, yeah. right? And barbaric despoilers. But there's nothing you can do about it at the same time. you can. Uh, there are revolutionary uh, thinkers from Poland, especially. I've brought this up before, that uh, when Poland was divided up between Austria, Prussia, and Russia, that the greatest uh, revolutionary thought that they had was that we should not rebel at all and just work really hard to try and maintain our own families and communities, and that will mm-hmm. keep the culture alive, right? And it did. It kept the culture alive in between the uh, the occupations. The Warsaw Uprising of 1944 was crushed, right? Mm-hmm. 50,000 dead or something like that. So rising up against uh, an imperial power is so not recommended, right? Like, so right. not within the bounds of possibility. So, yeah. Yeah, I, especially one with such a dogmatic focus on military like the states. Yeah, and I'm not trying to, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to come to a greater understanding of the topic. And uh, But, yeah, that's the end of that bit for this week. Um, yeah, perhaps, perhaps, you know, just a preservation of culture, because... Uh, Honestly, when you think about it, Hawaiian culture is really what dominates Hawaii more than is it part of the state, yes or no. Exactly, exactly. And uh, there's so many places like that, especially Polynesian islands. Um, I think of Okinawa. Okinawa is in the exact same situation as Hawaii, just is absolutely a sovereign territory, or should be, but isn't recognized at all by anyone. Yeah. Because eh, it's a Japanese island, whatever, the states gave it to them. Yeah, the states gave it to them after they took it from them. Yeah, never yeah, never just, one thought about making them an independent people with national self uh, determination. Yeah, but if you look at their if you look at their culture, completely removed, yeah. completely removed from from Japan and, yeah. and pretty China. much all of its neighbors. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. crazy. But uh, you know, fostering cultures. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a long game. Maybe there's maybe a... the 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 moral here is that culture supersedes national borders. There's a Polynesian island that um, has decided that there's no hope for saving their homeland. They live on mm-hmm. a, a reef, basically, right? Like right. a sandy beach. Right. The one, I, the, the sea levels are rising. So they're just like, whatever, our yeah. island's going to disappear. Yeah. And so they've downloaded it uh, or they're going to try and create like a 3D environment that the descendants can go in to see what their their ancestral lands were like before they were swallowed by the sea. Yeah. Right? Dang. Culture is tricky. Culture is tricky. Yeah, and, yeah it really is. And uh, I've exposed that I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to that time and time again. Like, when we talk about the Ukrainians and the Russians and the ethnic differences between them, right? Like, mm. I'm just unconvinced 
uh, basically, that they're separate languages, right? But then yeah. you talk about some, I listen to some linguistic experts, and they'll talk about how the different French dialects, which are all extinct, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. only one French nowadays, right? Yeah. I think there's uh, three or four million people in Brittany, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, only, like, 50,000 people can speak, speak Breton, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so, yeah, or like the the Celtic dialects too. They're all just Breton is a Celtic dialect. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I picked it because it's the most strange of the French mm-hmm. di- uh, removed from the French, and it's it's been destroyed. And you know the southern ones, Dakitan and Languedoc, mm-hmm. they're all they're all gone too, right? And uh, does do people see that as a genocide, or do they see it as the French preserving their culture? Right? Like I, I don't know, and it seems yeah, so arbitrary. Especially in linguistics, it's such a touchy subject because locally, you know these people are speaking their dialects and not giving a shit. But nationally, yeah, has has France cracked down? Do they have the what they they have a word for it? The like the French model, the core model. Yeah, this is the standardized French that everyone needs to speak because Paris said so. Yeah, but Louis in the in the back countries of Gascon, he doesn't care. He's speaking whatever he wants. He speaks French nowadays. No, you're wrong. They they Gascony is extinct basically as a language. Yeah, as 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 near their like inherent deep language. Yeah, that's gone. That's been that's been bullied out. But do they still have their own dialects? Are they still going to use the words they want? Yeah, you, you can't. No, in France especially, I'm, like I'm trying to make it clear that in France especially that they're so uh, imperial, so fascistic about asserting their language as a uh, universal that. That there is none, and that nothing has survived. Basically, there, in, uh, in Brittany, I just said fifty thousand to four million. It's mm-hmm. even less in Gascony, which is around where Aquitaine is. That mm-hmm. the, the, the um, there's even less speakers of the Languedoc from from the that is the original dialect that yeah. evolved yeah. from the vulgar Latin. Right? It's it's been hunted out of existence. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it has. Yeah. You know, that, it, that, that's, that's the idea behind a national language. I'm just, what I'm trying to say is that it will naturally mutate. There's never going to be, I, I don't know, unless you have chips implanted in people's heads, you're never going to fully stamp out what, you know, naturally mutates in language. I think the natural mutation of language is over and that we have entered a world where no linguistic uh, expert has anything to offer because of the the transmutation of language through the internet and the uh, the hyper dominance of English and the disappearance of English dialects basically overnight. Right? We don't have an accent, you and I, basically, right? Well, see, that's the funny thing. Well, I mean, we don't have an accent. I say when I say that, I mean we sound Californian. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, it, it's it's weird right now in linguistics because we're definitely living in a in a period of change. Mm-hmm. The think... uh, the dominant the dominant uh, factor of Californication, uh, the <laughs> the Valley Girl race as they call it, has really pervaded a lot of people's uh, uh, natural speaking tones because of the internet, because of things like Vine and TikTok over the past decade. Exactly. There's not that uh, telephone game where you're trying to tr- uh, you say one word at the uh, one end of the chain and then 300 people have to listen to it and say it to their next pe- uh, person mm-hmm. beside them, and that naturally shifts. Uh, tones and things like that right Mm -hmm. but now because everyone can reference people that they see as authorities right i think things are gonna stick and settle maybe for hundreds of years at a time now and that uh 
languages that have survived French, English, and China, Chinese, basically. China, China, the language <laughs> of China. Uh, they're, there, Trump. Yeah, they're going to become, you know, super dominant, super uh, concentrated as well. Basically, like a uh, what the French did uh, from the 1500s to 2000 to centralize the French language and impose it over France, only mm-hmm. it'll be natural and through the internet and in each of those three language peoples. Yeah, yeah, it's it'd, it'd be super interesting to travel um, like 100 years into the future and see where language is. Mm-hmm. Because, because I don't know, they do. You know, I haven't looked into it extensively, but from from what I do know, there's about three or four different. I don't think diaspora dialect. That's the word I'm looking for. Dialects are kind of emerging in North America, mm. and so you, you you know you've got the West Coast Valley Girl, which is the one you see online a lot over the place. But mm-hmm. then you have the Northeast. Uh, what do they call it? The there's like a vowel shift going on over here. Mm-hmm. Our A's are weird, and people don't like it. And then obviously there's this whole thing going on in the south. The southern drawl, you know, the southeast is coagulating in this weird drawl that has these Creole influences, but is also being manipulated by the internet. And then you've got the the Midwest kind of just being super isolated and rural, and they're kind of just, you know, uh, the internet, like you mentioned, isn't as pervasive. It's not as it's not influencing them as much as it is the other dialects and it's strange exactly. the, the internet could just have a stranglehold any day now but language is so hard to keep track of yeah for sure i uh it's just an interesting topic to think about too though mm-hmm. um, uh i'm basically dry though on that did you have anything you want to um conclude? you know it's such a shame these fires that it even happened that there was basically no help as far as I can tell. Um, I haven't read into it extensively, but they were su- here. Here's something that'll uh, make that point. They were already mm-hmm. suing the oil and gas companies for exposing them to this basically. Mm-hmm. A- and then the, the fire happened. So they're Oof. in the middle of a negligence suit and yeah. then the negligence uh, causes the damage, right? Just that's, uh, that's a little suspicious. Two on the nose. Not suspicious, yeah. I don't think. It's just depressing. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I see why depressing. you're su- suspicious, but I don't think there's anything nefarious. I there. don't think so either, but, you know, you got, it would be something worth looking into, I think. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so moving on to the next bit. Bump, sure. dump, bump, dump, sorry. Um, they, uh, oh, I like it. I like the vocal stingers. That's all we got. <laughs> we do miss the soundboard, man. Um, I had a law win yesterday. That felt oh, yeah. Really good. I, uh, yeah, what's going on with that? So I've been talking about these First Amendment audits for fucking ever, right, on this right. show, right? I love them. They're a phenomenon in the United States where people take cameras around and they film places that are unusual, but they are definitely and totally allowed to be there in filming, right? Mm-hmm. And so it trips up officials, mostly cops is who I care about, but, you know, public officials of any capacity. And if a cop is then going to you know, arrest you for a very protected activity, it shows the lie that there is a rule of law or that there's democracy or freedom in America, right? You are at Mm. the whim of the tyranny of the least educated gorilla that you are always dealing with, right? Well, hey, whoa, they're educated. No, they're not. They're educated on how to oppress people. Yeah, I guess, right? They're 
nobody, uh, we don't send our best kids to be cops. We send them to be doctors, finance, and lawyers, right? That's, mm-hmm. And in fact, we abuse them uh, so that they will pick those three, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, that's what's going to launch our family into credibility. You yeah. got to do this. And You're a smart no, kid. There's no brain power left for cops. And the funniest thing about the whole thing is that cops are really well paid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the if you encourage those kids to do police work, you probably get better police work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's where the parents with dumb kids send their children. Yeah. Anyways, uh, wow, joking, I'm telling our friend. Joking, <laughs> joking. Absolutely a joke. There's uh, lots of different people on the force. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, there's most a bad reputation. Bad. Yeah. yeah, most of them are racist and pigs and, and brigands, but yeah. Yeah, there's there a silver lining. There are good cops. There are good people who are cops, mm-hmm. but they're completely outweighed by the evil, the intended evil of the institution. But anyways, these... Uh, the First Amendment audits have finally made it to Canada, which is right. a hilarious fucking just turn of phrase because there is no First Amendment in Canada, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but you do have something called your Section 2 rights, which is your freedom to assemble, freedom to speech, freedom to protest, things like that. Right, right. right. Love them. Um, so I'm watching a video yesterday, right? And this guy is filming and uh, he films past a police department and they say yeah you're cool to do that and then there's a bunch of signs at the back of the police department around the police parking lot right right there is no fence right it's just an open parking lot Mm -hmm. civilian and cop cars in there okay so probably probably where the cops park to do their shift or something yeah, where they leave the police vehicles when they're not using them, when mm-hmm. where they leave their vehicles while they're using police vehicles. It's their parking lot. Right. They have three signs on the entrances to them, right? Um, police vehicles only. Uh, okay. no, uh, no loitering, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the last one? But they're not. It's not no. Tra- oh, restricted area. Right. Rest- restricted area. No, uh, police vehicles only, and no loitering. If you'll notice, none of those say trespassing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, restricted area, there's rules around restricted areas. Restricted areas have to be restricted. They have right. to have fences, and they have, to right. be, they have to have gates. They have to be easily noticeable for people, right? So that mm-hmm. they are, in fact, restricted. And you can't just have some, you know, nobody say that this section of the library is restricted. I need you to leave, right? right? Um, yeah, that stuff got to be in behind something, you know, locked up if it's exactly. restricted. Exactly, exactly. And so my inclination was that those signs are of no force, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, So I looked into it. I looked into it pretty deeply. And uh, the trespass laws in Canada don't have a public-private distinction like they do in mm-hmm. America. In America, if you are publicly trespassed you uh you can't be basically you can only be trespassed from public if you are in the commission of another crime already disturbing the peace uh you know assault i don't know any any number of crimes right so so you're fleeing from something no no i don't understand the question it sounded as if you were saying that uh, these trespassing laws only apply if you have already committed a felony yes i don't get the fleeing part then well if you're if you're getting away from that felony if you were uh, making your way out of a situation i guess i I still don't quite see it i'm gonna keep rolling see if you can rephrase um 
so anyways, there's no distinction uh, in, in Canada. What the trespass law says here is that the owner or controller has the ability to kick you out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the cop says, here's the trespass law, right? Mm-hmm. We are the owner and controller. And we say, get, you can't be here, right? Yeah. And I was like, that is interesting because that sounds like a technical violation of the Constitution. And nothing okay. gets me harder than that, right? Yeah. And, and so uh, the, the Constitution says you have the freedom to assemble. But in Section 1, the most uh. important section of the Canadian Constitution, it says all rights within are able to be uh, infringed if done by law, right? Okay. It's basically the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but, so, so none of the rest really matters is what you're telling me. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I think it's 33 or 35 also says, even if it's not by law and it's just done uh, with like emergency powers, that they can uh, they can do that and it's okay, but they have to, uh, you know, put a time limit on it. I think it's five years or something like that. Mm. Um, but anyways, so... Section one says you can't have a violation of the constitution unless it's an emergency or it, sorry, that's from section 33, but unless it's by law. Right. Right. And so I come back to these signs, right? What is the law behind these signs? Right. Mm-hmm. There is a no loitering law, right? Sure. But who's saying I'm loitering if I'm going to go film some police cars in their police uh, parking lot, right? Yeah. That's not loitering. That's me there with a specific purpose. And in fact, yeah. we've, we've done the loitering bit before. Loitering is basically an impossible char- uh, charge to make stick. Because, yeah. you know, the person's purpose is to vibe and exist, right? Like, Yeah, to stand around and look suspicious goes contrary to just standing and existing. Exactly. Um. So, oh no! I'm standing in this parking lot, twirling my evil, my evil mustache, and with my silk top hat and my cape. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you can get loitering to stick with that, but <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I go back to these signs, right? And I'm like, so what's the law there? And I'm I've decided there's no law. There's maybe policy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe in the building, they have a, like a leadership staff, the chief and a couple lieutenants and maybe a captain or somebody like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they make the rules through committee, right? And that they've decided that this is a restricted area and that no uh, no people should be allowed back there, right? Right. At best, that's what that is. And policy is technically a part of the law, but it mm-hmm. is not law. You know what I mean? Right. It can be used to enforce uh, the law, but it can't be used to trump your rights, right, is mm-hmm. basically uh, the way I'm going to explain it. There's uh, there's the Constitution, which is the highest law. There's mm-hmm. black letter law, which is, uh, which is basically as strong and as binding. And then there's regulations, which mm-hmm. are which are agencies that have been given the power to create law-like things uh, okay. by, by the government. The Ontario Securities Commission has no laws, right? They have regulations. Right. If you are a certain size of business and you're going to trade in securities, you must give this notice and this paper and this file, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, things where if you're not doing it, then, oh, uh uh-oh, here's a fine, quite likely. So that a violation of your section two right right to have the ontario securities commissions do that mm-hmm. and it and it's not law but it because it's regulations enabled by law right that means that it's okay 
returning to the parking lot, right? Mm -hmm. What we have is policy, which is below regulations, the lowest level of law, right? Mm -hmm. Which is uh, nobody's been uh, authorized to do that. They are the controller of some place and have set up policies for their interactions with the public just so that they have something to refer to in case they're ever challenged on their things, right? Right. And so the policy... It doesn't work, right? That that's a violation of your constitution. It, that yeah. that's that's no good, right? You should be like unequivocally allowed in that parking lot to do basically whatever you want, as long as you're not breaking the law, right? Yeah, sounds like it. You want to eat so, lunch in that parking lot? Go for it. And so I emailed the person who taught me constitutional law. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I'll say her name. Sure. I'll I'll call her Professor M. Okay. Um, Professor M. I emailed her and I said hey, watch this video. I'm pretty sure that this is a violation of the Constitution and that nobody's ever talked about it in Canada before. Uh-huh. And uh, and she was like, yeah, you're right. And I, I sent it to her because uh, she teaches the first year's constitutional law. And so that means I just exposed like 180 kids who will end up leading major sectors of Ontario at one point mm-hmm. to the fact that there is no rule of law in Canada. There's, <laughs> there's no democratic rights, right? <laughs> like... It's a joke. It's a sick joke, in fact. And uh, I hope some of them uh, get it. There is a... She told a story one time, just to cap off why I love her. Sure. um, Where she was talking about the speed limit on the highway, right? And whether or not not the, the laws in Canada mean that we have a rule of law. And that she said that one time when she was telling this story that they, uh, that she had a cop who was then becoming a lawyer in her class. Mm. And, uh, she said that the cop said that all cops love the 100 kilometer an hour speed limit because it gives them a reason to pull over whoever they want. Yeah. Right? Because nobody goes 100. It's too slow, right? Yeah. Especially and, for that environment. Yeah. Built into the whole system is arbitrariness, right? And we mm-hmm. all know it, right? We all can feel it. And yet the judges in Ontario have no idea or they don't care or they're fascists, right? And so yeah. uh, I end this bit where I do all bits about Ontario, ju- the Ontario judiciary or can- the Canadian judiciary generally. And that's that they're contemptible. And that's why I'm always in contempt of court. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, preach it. Preach it, brother. Yeah. If you're going to let signs do your heavy lifting and, uh, just fucking beat up people for no reason. Yeah. Fuck them. There was a, a a First Amendment audit uh, in America that I would uh, like to reference that uh, it expresses why this makes me so angry, right? It's, it's being made to submit to, like, people with less intelligence than you by, like, a significant majority, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people who don't have any business giving commands, right? And there was uh, a sign that they had posted when uh, they saw this First Amendment auditor doing uh, doing his thing. And the sign says, quote, you cannot take no pictures, unquote. <laughs> right? Cannot take no pictures. It's an actual command to take pictures. But can you imagine being told by some illiterate what you can and not do, cannot, can and cannot do, right? Yeah, and, that's got to hurt. And then you have to take that, right? And like... On top of that, because of qualified immunity, which means that cops are, you know, on under the uh, presumption that they're doing right unless they do wrong, and mm-hmm. that cops know that, they have this attitude like, I don't care, take it up with the uh, the judge, right? You know, yeah. uh, 
this is what's going on and you have no right to defend yourself from it, right? And then combine that attitude with a matrix of just like stupidity, like Mm -hmm. an infantile intelligence, right? Like it's disgusting. It makes one want to revolt, right? Well, yeah, they tried that for a while and it didn't really get them anywhere. And uh, now we're in 2023 and Mm -hmm. COVID's coming back. So, hey, you know, fuck it. COVID's coming back in a big way. You want to talk yeah. about that for a sec? Sure. I don't know much about it, but if you do, enlighten me. I don't at all, but like, I just wanted to say that we said on Left Look, uh, uh-huh. a, uh, I think near the start of the pandemic, or probably 2021, right. that uh, what we thought would uh, should happen is that the, uh, you know, the major, the Security Council mm-hmm. should declare war on COVID and that there should be basically no politics until that disease was eradicated basically, mm-hmm. right? In the third world and the first world. That uh, we should have given free vaccines to every human being on Earth and mm-hmm. destroyed it, right? Yep. And we could have. We had we the opportunity. We had yep. the ability. It was within our resources. It wasn't expensive to do, right? We've nope. How many... I've been triple vaccinated at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been quadrupled, right? Yeah. And um, if we only got one each, but everyone in the world got one right right? at the same time it would just have burned out it would have just died off and yeah or if nothing else we would have had the means to respond to it in Mm an in an efficient manner and there's no application of hanlon's razor here either which says that uh never assume uh malice where there where stupidity will do Mm -hmm. there's no there's too many brains in government right there's too Mm -hmm. many big brain dudes who are like oh yeah like if we uh if we don't solve this this will continue to just rack our rivals in the second and third world right like because they won't have the ability to resist it like we do with Mm -hmm. our you know financial paramountcy basically right and that it'll continue to evolve and get worse and worse in these places right yeah but how short-sighted can it be? Like the people, it will get back into your communities. It will uh, cause deficiencies and inefficiencies, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 100% malice, and and you're describing the results right now. We're getting to the point. I think uh, this this sounds like a like a like a comeuppance. COVID has come to the point where it's just it's like, hey, I actually don't care. I've been chilling out in Africa for two years. Yeah. I'm I'm wicked now. I'm wild. Hey, have you ever heard about the bubonic plague? Because this is exactly what happened then too. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming back and I'm pissed. And now we have the added, the beautiful sprinkling of contempt. Nobody gives a shit now. When was the last time you saw somebody wear a mask out in public? Oh, I know, I know. I'm right. gonna have to start again soon. Uh, yeah, pull. I've been I've been doing. I don't want to sound holier than thou, but I've been doing that this whole time. And it makes me very self-conscious because I am typically the only person in an entire store or like a, a, a whole social host of people trying to just, I don't want to breathe the stinky air. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to get sick. It's just like, folks, we had three years, <laughs> you know? <laughs> a million and a half people have died in America over it, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, in America alone. In America, the most rich country on earth, right? Right. The the counts from China, South Asia, Africa, just were ridiculous when it was peak. And 
it never actually, really slowed down either. There was like no months ago, uh, China was seeing fifty million cases a week or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Something yeah, there, there was ungodly. a dip. There was a dip, and people went, "Oh, we're good, we're fine, whatever." The numbers are down. Uh, you sure they were for a minute? And yeah. it's like you say, you know that, and that's what really grinds my gears about this. We absolutely had the means to. We were sitting on stockpiles of vaccines. We absolutely had the means of just shipping them out, of just mm-hmm. sending them to the other humans. Ah, no, let's sit on them. Let's let them go bad because we don't want to share. Yeah, the the will, the collected willpower and wealth and just you know control that we have we could do crazy things if we mm-hmm. set our minds to them it, like it would destroy our species but we could create a pyramid that touched the moon right yeah. like we, we just ha- we have so much ability within our species and just nothing gets done you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's yeah. so gross a lot uh, of uh, just selfish intent takes over all right well uh i think i'm gonna move but, on to the next bit. sure yeah just just uh, COVID, COVID looks like it's making a comeback. Wear your mask, folks. Stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best I got. I can't, I can't do more for you. If you can get a booster, go get a booster. But whatever. All right. Uh, I think I wanted to touch on Niger. Again sure. Yeah. Week. What's going on? I, I read something about the Security Council basically told them to get bent. Yeah. The. Uh... The Security Council's not going to move. They, uh, that's France's territory, and France would, uh, what's it called, use their veto if any real Security Council vote ever came to it. Right. ECOWAS is not invaded after after the de- the uh, economic community of West African nations has not invaded Niger like they said they would after the uh, the deadline. Right. Um, there has been a meeting with the uh, the person who was a appeared as the leader of the coup since mm-hmm. then and uh someone uh, a representative from nigeria the uh, the ex-president of nigeria and uh they said you know we're gonna we need you guys to basically put this guy back in power right away and the response from the coup government was like make us and uh, our counter offer to you is give us three years to do a uh a, a transition of power right mm-hmm. That's actually really reasonable. Three years for a transition of power after a coup, and yeah. they're talk—they're talking about uh, prosecuting their president, their ex-president Bazoum, I think his uh-huh. name is, with high treason. Right? They're—they're going to execute this guy, right? And they're Dang. saying we will reintegrate with liberal society within three years, no problem, yeah. right? Just leave us the fuck alone, right? <laughs> and um, do you think that? Do you think that holds any water? None, God, none, and. Uh, you know the French are probably working on their special operation right now, right? Mm. Like, uh, we'll see. But I did see today that Gabon, which is not an ECOWAS member, it is just south of uh, Nigeria, but it is right. a West African nation still, basically. Yeah. Right? It's in West Africa. It's a Central African nation, as uh, that's what most geographical people would classify it. It's just right. north of the Congo, but okay. they suffered. Okay. They suffered a coup as well oh. recently. And so that's the eighth coup in West Africa, the greater West Africa, uh, in uh, since 2020. Jesus. Yeah. And so there are now four nations that are not in compliance with ECOWAS, and then there are nations on the periphery of ECOWAS who also speak French and have an interest in the, you know, the outcome, who are suffering coups as well. I think that, that the West African uh, front is shaping up 
you know, like it's, uh, it's becoming more likely. When you say more likely, more likely of what? Just conflict, and then uh, it spirals. There's this uh, bit from Thucydides, the the father of all history, right? Mm. And he talks about how war starts between the Spartans and the Athens. Actually, it's Spartan and hey, Athens. Bring it back like around. Um, and he basically says it's a farce, right? That the there's honor and there's allies, and then there's uh, and the allies are schemers, basically, right? And that you, uh, your honor and your position and your fear of the enemy will always drag you into whatever your allies end up doing, right? Right. And so I think if a, if conflict breaks out between these uh, West African nations and they're trying to figure out how they're going to politically organize from now on, that the Americans and the French will get involved, and then the Chinese will get involved because mm. honor and position and you know, they'll make allies and things like that. It just, it will spiral if things spiral. I truly hope everyone just backs down and just lets the, the, the country of Niger just figure it out for three years. It's not going to be good for Niger, right? They're mm -hmm. already so starving under the, the blockades that they've uh, gotten, right? Mm -hmm. Already, right? Like, and they've got three years to go. Let them do it, right? Let, leave them alone, for God's sakes, right? Yeah, was, what do you what do you think their goal? And, and when I say they, I mean West Africa as a whole. What what do you think? Are, are they just trying to eke West out Africa's, their own nationalism? No, uh, it would be an anti-imperial thing, right? There's no okay. nationalism there per se. I mean, there are right. There are mm -hmm. small nationalities, the uh, the Igbo in Nigeria, for instance, mm -hmm. right? But you know. Um, yeah, no, the only true nationality in Africa for me is the Bantu peoples, and they are massively spread out, basically from South Africa to West, right? Right. And if they were to ever politically organize and figure out that they are an entity, they could have serious control. But hmm. that other than that, everyone else is so divided and so small and speaks, and if they uh, aren't divided, they speak English or French, right? Right. And so there's nothing to really organize around uh, nationalism-wise. But I do see uh, an anti-imperial Marxist kind of a uh, anarchist, I guess, is probably a better mm -hmm. uh, kind of bent to it, right? That they uh, they just want to be in charge of their own shit, basically, right? right. And that they don't need a mythos like a nationality or something like that to rally around. It's just like shit's awful and it's been awful here for 100 years, right? Like two, 300 years. So, so these coups are um, sort of in response to that, you think? I think the cabin coup has to be in response to the uh, the lack of uh, response from ECOWAS to mm -hmm. Niger. They threatened, and then they didn't move, right? Right. That delegitimizes, uh, delegitimizes your threats. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that allows other people to take bigger gambles, bigger risks, right? And it makes your allies, to, uh, you know, support you less and things like that. Mm-hmm. It is all perspective and prestige and things like that, subtle changes. But I just thought I would update people because I, uh, I did talk about it and said yep. hopefully it would work out. It kind of doesn't sound like it is. No, it isn't. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we'll keep you posted. Um, sounds like something big is developing. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, uh, yeah, what, what you think France is going gonna, is gonna to try to nip this in the bud or what? Yeah, I think France will... Uh, 
lead a coalition of nations and like I talked about Operation Serval in mm. uh, Mali from 2012 I think that was they landed a, a bunch of rapid uh, response forces you know spear tipped by special operations right. helicopters and then backed up by like militias of these uh, West African nations right? right and that's how that's what I think they'll do they'll they'll try and topple the government with some kind of spear thrust operation <laughs> like that yeah well, I have to have to watch out. I guess I I really don't know anything about the region nor its politics. So, wish I could offer more, but I am dumb. Oh, I'm dumb too. Like, I just uh, the the little that I know about this region is so minuscule, right? And trying to keep track of it all is just mm-hmm. crazy. The uh, the Italian foreign minister was basically calling for peace, right? Right. And. Uh, I remember thinking, what interest does Italy have in there, right? Why, why did the uh, why did the paper uh, mention that the Italian foreign minister was calling for peace, right? Whatever, though. Yeah, I, I, who knows? Maybe it was just a publicity thing, you know, just looks good. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Yeah, that's basically how Obama got his Nobel Prize. Is... Uh, not be nice, <laughs> act nice. Act nice, yes. Um. Obama. I, I saw an Obama uh, quote this morning. Oh, and Jesus. He sa- yeah, he says, Pete Buttigieg can't be president because he's gay and he's too short. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that fucking great? Yeah, that, that, that sums up America pretty well. Speaking of summing up America, I thought this would be a great point to put our uh, sponsor for this week's episode this week. Uh-huh. And uh, this week we are sponsored by Lockheed Martin. Uh, Lockheed Martin is a fashion design brand that has now put out their uh, F-35 t-shirt Ooh. brands. Uh-huh. And uh, well, we just think they're so stylish. And, you know, I think that they've committed to, uh, you know, ethically sourcing all their materials and oh, things like that. Oh, good for them. Good for yeah. them. And so we encourage you to, to buy the, uh, the t-shirt from Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Go out and buy one or two. Uh, you know what? Just get one for the whole family. Uh, yeah. Look great. They feel great. And uh, you can you can wear some clothes knowing that you're supporting not only a great fashion brand, but the environment, too. Mm-hmm. The Lockheed Martin selling clothes is not as funny as uh, when one of the uh, one of their recruiters got doxxed. Right. Oh, and, I didn't uh, hear about that. Well, it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I hate to pick on someone like this because it feels misogynistic. Right. But like. It's not. It's it's anti-liberal hatred that I have. That's right. all it is. And um, so this young woman, she's in her mid to late twenties, right? And sure. she's uh, on. It's just her profile from LinkedIn, and it says uh, she, her, right? And she uh, something about I love how my job uh, introduces me to the most amazing people, Lockheed Martin recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> she she fires missiles, you know over the yep. horizon to blow up villagers and she's talking about she her the uh, yeah. the the genders she'd rather be identified <laughs> with it's like actually you're a despoiler uh, yeah yeah go tell all the uh, innocents you've murdered your pronouns barbarian how about that <laughs> like yeah but uh, i thought it was funny and so i mentioned it um but yeah please support our sponsor this week if you if you can, you know times are tough. Yeah, I get it. Um, did you know that the uh, so 
Saudi Arabia has announced that they're going to be joining BRICS, right? Um, sure. Yeah, I kind of heard them in the talks. I didn't know they they announced they they're, were going to join it. Sorry. Yeah. Right. They're still in talks. Okay. Nah. This isn't the point of the bit, right? I'm, I'm bringing it up to show why this news is coming out, right? Okay. Uh, so Saudi Arabia is to, in talks to join BRICS. We talked about the gold-backed currency they're trying to form a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Uh, immediately after those, that news comes out, the news hits that the Saudi Arabians have been killing women and children refugees from the Ethiopia conflict that ah, show up in there. They yes. just... Thousands of them, apparently. They've just been murdering women yeah. and children. Uh, trying to come through the border, right? The land border? There's no land border. They uh, they had to jump the, the Right, street. right. They, they had to go through Yemen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And Well, I don't think they'd go through Yemen, right? Because Yemen, yeah, uh, Yemen's a war zone right now. Ooh, Saudi okay. are, so, the Saudis are in the commission of a genocide against the Yemenis right now. Jeez, what is with the Saudis? They are religious fascists, in uh-huh. fact. Yeah. I saw a, uh, a a picture of what the American flag would look like in the style of the Saudi Arabian flag. Uh-huh. And if if you see the Saudi Arabian flag, it's a saber, and then it's uh, it's got uh, the prophet's name. I think it's right. the prophet's name on top. It could be the, the House on the, of Saud's name. On the green name. field, right? Yeah. And uh, it was a blue flag, just blue field right yeah. and it's it said jesus in white <laughs> and then in white underneath that it, it had an ar-15 <laughs> good old ar-15 Classic. yeah it's their it's their what's it called their ancestral weapon right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you think they would have gone for the spear of uh leonidas or whatever it is yeah it was the whoever made this was mocking them right? yeah, <laughs> like, of course of course um but yeah no i just saudi arabia is uh a country I just never understood, right? Like, yeah, um, a little, a little hermetic, a little kind of veiled. Just like, ooh, we don't want anyone to know what we're doing because it's probably killing people. It's the Americans and the Brits' fault, right? They were so scared of an Arab superstate mm-hmm. in the in the aftermath of World War II because they had all the oil and about four hundred million people, right? right? And that's a true rival in the world, right, for the Anglosphere. Uh, not like not a rival that could win, but like mm. a rival we would actually have to devote resources and time and yeah. blood and treasure to it fight. It would be right? annoying. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. The Cold War was an annoyance. This would be an actual task, right? Mm. And um, so they just prevented it. What they did is they put uh, religious fascists in charge of the most holy sites of a uh, a portion of a. Uh, the Arab world, right? Mm. And then created, like, rinky-dink republics that surround it, right? Egypt, Syria, Iraq, those mm-hmm. places don't exist, right? They're Arab. They're all Arabs. Yeah. Right? And so it doesn't make any sense. It should have been the Arab Confederation, the Arab Republic, something mm. like that, right? Um, in the 50s, the president of Egypt managed to unify Syria and Egypt for a bit. Right. They, yeah. they were one country, uh, Al Nasser was his name, and um, and then you know the Americans went back to work and they got rid of that and him very quickly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Unification and, can't have that. And so this is the fruits of their labor, right? A religious kingdom mm-hmm. sitting on a mountain of oil that mm-hmm. is now you know desperate to break free of the leash that we have held them on for so yeah. many years, right? Instead of a light partner that we could have beaten in a like a, a showdown couple a uh, couple decades ago right 
Yeah. Or could it just just let them chill? Just let them vibe with their Islam, you know, have another golden age. I agree. Definitely let them chill, let them vibe, and we buy the oil for agreed upon prices. Yeah. They'd have they'd have all the oil and they could monopolize, and that was the sure. real fear. If they just shut off the ta- tap at any point, that grinds everything to a halt, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Americans were afraid of. They had used all their own oil to win World War II. There was nothing left in Texas and Pennsylvania and things right. like that. And that's what they were worried about. But they shouldn't have been so worried about it, right? Because they have created an atmosphere of fear Mm -hmm. by playing into their fears, right? And now nobody will in the Arab world will ever, ever, ever work with the Americans, right? Yep. Yep, they they play their cards and now everyone knows. It's just, okay. Mm -hmm. Guess we're not going over there. Let's, uh, Let's just start killing everyone. Let's just start a genocide. That'll work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bonkers. You know, uh, this is only this is only half related. I was uh, I was watching this video on crowds and the uh, madness uh, of crowds. Well, kind of just the the maybe not the madness, but the logic. You know how how do crowds escalate into dire situations? Mm-hmm. Uh, a crowd crush is what they call them. Yep. And. Um, a big part of the video was was devoted to the Hajj, which is, uh, you know, the mass migration of Muslims to the holy sites, um, primarily. Just the one. Yeah, Mecca. just 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 Mecca. There's there's other migrations for different events, but the Hajj is. They to call go to them Mecca. different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mecca, which is which is in Saudi Arabia, which is. Apparently they've done a lot, but what, what got me, right? And I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's so much culture. That's so much beauty and um, just just awe-inspiring. You know, just these photos alone, uh, just these video snippets of people walking through. The Kaaba through. is beautiful. Just, it's, right, so much architectural. Um, it's it's deep history. The Kaaba has been there for like four five hundred years before Islam. Right? Yeah. So, you you can you can feel the culture. I agree. Yeah. Just just you know that's that's deeper. Yeah. You know, especially coming from North America, where our culture doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually have ancient cultures is really cool. So I was thinking about it. I was like, dang, you know, I wonder if I could go there. Like, I wonder if I could do the Hajj. And so uh, you know, being illegal. Being, Yes, right? So being an idiot that I am, uh, I, w- I was trying to Google it. Okay, nothing here on Wikipedia. And then it hit me, oh, I'll just go ask my Muslim friend, of course. You know, that makes more sense. And uh, they they gave me a pretty wishy answer at first. They were like, uh, I don't know. And then they were like, no, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you couldn't because, yeah, it, non-Islams, non-Muslims aren't allowed in Mecca yeah. at all. Yeah, I think you're not allowed in the square but the way they do that is checkpoints at the entrance to Mecca. Yes. So basically, yes. yes. Yeah, you're uh, you're basically screened out of the city from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, here's a story that is super related and should make the uh, also make the point how uh, insipid and evil the the Sauds are, right? Mm. The House of Saudi is, which all you know uh, royal families are, right? They're just people, right? Yeah. And in the end of the day, they're rats, right? And they're they're animals. They're, yep. They'll do anything to survive. Exactly. But anyways, to to hold on to their power uh during the 70s the uh the cabo was taken by revolutionaries huh? did you know that no uh, and uh the sauds couldn't take it back they, the the rebels were there for weeks hmm. and so they sent french special forces in and there's uh 
there's a rumor that they had all the French special forces uh, convert to Islam before they uh, before they entered the Kaaba to yeah. kill these. They killed the hostages and the fucking uh, the revolutionaries, Oof. right? And then they reconverted to Catholicism once they hey, left, right? Uh... So not only does uh, is the Saudis put in as these religious zealots that control like the most holy area for Arab mm-hmm. uh, for the Arabs, right? They also don't give a fuck about it. They nope. they are completely uh, uh, apostates, right? They're completely uh, uh, I, I I don't know what the word is. They're uh, blasphemous. Yeah, yeah. I I just completely unpious. What a yeah. what a two face maneuver. Yeah, which you know, no judgment as an as another unpious blasphemous piece of shit, right? <laughs> but like, you're the ones uh, portraying yourselves to the world as you know, the the inheritors of the mantle of Muhammad, or, yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, you're not the one. You're not the one calling jihads here. So I think there's a lot more on them to follow their religions and adhere to their doctrine. But what do have, I know? have? A, have I said that the uh, the royal house of Saud is a uh, direct descendant of Muhammad. Uh, I don't think you, maybe you have. I kind of I kind of knew that, but where they claim they claim it. Yeah, not direct either. They're a descendant, right? Direct usually means unbroken male, right? Male. But um, but they're a descendant of Muhammad, and um, you know most of the royal families in the Arab world are. In fact, most of the nobility in the Arab world is. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about lineages. Uh, what time we got left? How much time we got? We got like four minutes. I got enough time for this bit. Sure. Uh, it's the, it's the Mongol bit that I've been working on in chat. I was just about to bring that up. Um, I've been thinking about lineages and, uh, empires and things like that. And one of my favorite theories about why Europe went, uh, super dominant in the 1800s is that Europe was the only place in the entire world that didn't get absolutely shit stomped by the, um, by the Mongols, Mm -hmm. right? Like wrecked beyond belief, right? Yep. Set back a thousand years. There's a, there's talk about in the, uh, Iraq, Iran area that the production of food and water and people in that area didn't return to, uh, pre 1200 levels until just before the Iraq war. And now we're, and now we're back below to where they were again. (laughs) That's brutal. Isn't it? Uh, but anyways, the Mongols have this thing, right? Um, what destroyed their empire was their their fighting over succession, and what right. caused it what caused it was that the first of Genghis Khan's sons, his paternity couldn't be established a hundred percent. He had four he had four sons by his main wife uh, Borte, which are Joki, Chagatai, Ogadai, and Tolui. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joki is the one we're talking about right now. The firstborn son, uh, while his wife was pregnant very early on, right? Or, you know, as she was getting pregnant, she mm. was kidnapped by a chief, <gasps> an, an enemy chief. And then months later, uh, Genghis Khan rescues her and sacrifices this chief to Tengri, mm-hmm. right? Which is pretty badass. But what happens is that 25 years later, as Genghis Khan is not l- leading a chiefdom anymore, but, you know, a grand empire, uh, his second son, Ogadai, sorry, Chagatai, mm-hmm. said, uh, says, I'm not following that guy once you leave, right? Once you're dead, right? Like, right. he is, he isn't my blood, right? And, you know, who who cares what he actually thought? It was a power play, no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what happened was that uh, Genghis Khan skips the first and the second son because the first son's paternity can't be uh, proven and his second son's loyalty is at question and he puts right. his third son in charge, right? Sure. And uh, his third son is, uh, is in charge and then his third son's son is in charge and then the the fourth son's son's rebel and take over uh, everything uh, in connection with the first son's sons. I see. Right? So the two lineages that the, the first and the fourth, they, uh, they revolt to take power. Right. And so, mm-hmm. since the first can never be in charge because they can't establish that they're Chinggisids, they right. support their younger brother and say, have China, we'll take over Russia uh, and uh, leave us the fuck alone basically. Right. Yep. And that's the yep. UN dynasty, baby. Exactly. But, uh, it, and you know the the Mongols were everywhere forever, right? The uh, when when the British showed up in India in the late seventeen early eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. the all of India was ruled by Mughal emperors, mm-hmm. right? And the Mughals uh, started with this guy named Babar, right? Right. Babar is a male to male descendant of Timur, Timur uh-huh. T- Timurlane, who is a, a Turkish. Uh, conqueror who right. claimed to be descended uh from uh, an ancestor of genghis khan but he, babar was also descended through the female line directly oh. from genghis khan right so there were actual chinggisids ruling india when uh, the british sh- showed up right yeah and it's actually part of why india was easy to conquer right because there weren't indians ruling it <laughs> like, yep. yeah they just uh, they kicked them out and said ah there you go you're liberated by the way uh we rule you but, now but anyways, to close the bit and to oh. let you let you go, um, it came out a few years ago that they tracked the Y group haplog- the Y haplogroup of descendants, claimed descendants of Joki, mm-hmm. Jochi, J- whatever his name was, in West Russia and in East China. Mm-hmm. Both these both these lineages claimed to be descended from Joki, and they proved that their earl- their last ancestor was somewhere in the ten or eleven hundreds, right? with uh, all the other Chinggisids. Mm-hmm. And so that means that Genghis's uh, great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather is the last male uh, descendant that they, sorry, male uh, ancestor that they can prove is uh, common. Mm-hmm. And what that means is Joki was the uh, was the rightful heir of the <laughs> uh, entire Mongol Empire. Uh, after all these years. If his brother had just, uh, if his brother had just, not been a dick if, <laughs> if his wife had been uh, not been captured right yeah we could be living under the mongol empire right now yeah like the, they would have conquered europe and the europe would never have gone ascendant yeah then they would have figured out the boats and taken taken over the rest of the land absolutely more they, pastures they had boats yeah they just sucked out yeah they just kept sailing them into typhoons yeah, that's crazy. If uh, just the the subtle ways history can shift, and then suddenly the Mongols are everywhere. Yeah, like a, a stone is dropped in a puddle, and the ripples become tidal waves all mm-hmm. of a sudden. You know what I mean, like just crazy. Yeah, bring back that uh, that genetic info to uh, Jokey. Build a time machine. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening this week. Uh, summer is coming.